0: The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code run that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody! Welcome into the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Carson, how's it going, man?
1: What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Uh, as the days pass by here, I just keep getting more and more excited. The trade deadline is almost here. We've already had a pretty big trade go down, with a lot more on the way. We've got a lot to get to between these today's episode and Sun and Monday's episode. So let's let's hop right in. I'm ready to go. Uh,
0: Carson, you sound like a kid at Christmas.
1: Oh, I this is my Christmas. Trade deadlines are my Christmas. I'm so <laughs> excited. And this is going to be this could has the potential to be one of the biggest trade deadlines in recent memory.
0: Yeah. I think given the fact that uh that a superstar player of the caliber Juan Soto is is most likely going to get moved. Uh yeah, makes this well, I mean, and if I feel like the trade deadline in the last couple of years has kind of had a damper on it, you know, with COVID and whatnot. So uh this year's is this year's is pretty damn exciting. Um so let's jump right in. Let's let's take a look at our poll results. Uh Carson, we asked our fans how would you rate your team's season so far? And well, fifty percent of them give their team a zero to two read two rating. Uh, 25% give their team a three to five and 25% give their team a six to eight. Nobody gave their team a nine to 10, which, um, is kind of surprising to me.
1: Well, if you, if there wasn't any eight to tens, it sounds like, uh, we don't have many Yankees fans, uh, or listening.
0: Dodgers fans
1: or Dodgers fans listening to the show, but or Astros, yeah. I mean, or Astros. Um, but yeah, this is, this is pretty interesting that 50% gave a zero to two. I'm very curious to know what, uh, what fans gave their teams a zero to two or what teams they're a fan of. Um, personally for my team, I'm, I'm with the 25% in the six to eight crowd, um, probably on the lower side of that for, for the twins, but I'd, I'd give them a six to eight based on kind of how the season's gone so far.
0: Uh, I'm willing to bet some of that 50% are Red Sox fans uh, because I know <laughs> I know that's where I would come down. Um, so Carson and I were talking before we started recording and uh, I, I said that this Red Sox team is giving me 2012 vibes and my fellow Sox fans will remember the dark days of 2012 and the reign of Bobby Valentine, so... Um, yeah, I would come down on the zero to two. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought, I thought we'd get at least a couple of nine to tens.
1: Yeah. That's pretty surprising that there was absolutely none, but I suppose in, in to, in today's, uh, landscape, nobody, nobody is certainly perfect. And, uh, these poll results certainly reflect that
0: yeah I would have thought maybe uh like you said, the Yankees or maybe even even maybe if we ran the poll again, some Mets fans would give their team in nine to ten because uh the Mets, although it was a brief two game series, Carson, the Mets swept the Yankees uh including a walk off win last night,
1: yeah, an absolutely great game last night, the subway series obviously is always exciting um I also want to take this time to give a quick shout out to Edwin Diaz. My goodness, has he had perhaps one of the biggest turnarounds that I can remember Um, from being someone that Mets fans absolutely despised to becoming a closer that Yankees fans absolutely despise. And uh, I've seen it floated a lot around social media, various videos of, of the Yankees fans watching the game thinking they're gonna come back and then they hear Edwin Diaz's walk walkout song come on, and they're just like, uh-oh, we're screwed.
0: Yeah, he has I have to say, uh, I'm a I'm a connoisseur of of uh closing pitchers and their closing pitchers and their and their songs and batters walk-up music. Um and I have to say, Edwin Diaz is uh intro music is one of the best i've seen for closer in a long time
1: oh it's it's such a banger and to to see like the camera panda mets fans and they're standing and clapping along with it as he comes out oh it almost it almost gives me goosebumps it's so cool
0: uh i don't know about you carson but it gives me it gives me major league vibes and with wild thing <laughs>
1: Uh, there's the major league reference. It's been a while since we've had one of those. It has been a while.
0: Yes, I felt like I felt like the proceedings needed a major league reference. Uh, no, seriously though, if there were words to his walk-in song, that entire crowd, that all of City Field would have been singing it, or you know, save for the smattering of Yankees fans that I'm sure were there. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, you you said it. The Subway Series is always. You know, it's, it's one of the best rivalries in baseball. One of the best rivalries in sports. Uh, you know, I love, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, you know, kind of the intercity rivalries. Um, And I, I think it's a, it's a fair question to ask that whether this year, this edition of it might be the most anticipated subway series in quite a while.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Um it's, it's been a while since we've had a Subway series where both of these teams have seemingly been at the top of their respective games. And, I mean, they're both division leaders. They're both, you know, one, one division lead is, I think, a little bit in more jeopardy than the other. Um, but still, to see to see these two teams being division leaders in a Subway series is just awesome for the game and, I think, for the series itself.
0: And awesome for the fans. Well, I mean, maybe a little more so for Mets fans than Yankees fans, uh, considering, you know, the outcome of the the two games. Uh, Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, this is, and I I can't believe this. Uh, I was shocked when I read this. This is the first Subway series in in the history since the Mets and the Yankees have been playing each other in, in interleague play. The first time that the Mets and the Yankees were both in sole possession of first place in their respective divisions. Wow. That's crazy. It's wild. I mean, to be fair, interleague play has only been a thing since, you know, what, 97, I think? 97, 98. That's Somewhere around there. So, I mean, interleague play hasn't been a thing for, you know, it's not like the Yankees and Mets have been playing each other in interleague for, you know, 50 years or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, still, that's a pretty, that's a pretty crazy fact. Um, I don't, I don't know about you Carson, but it, seeing the Mets having such a great year just, just makes me smile because it's been, it's been a while. And man, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like Mets fans are Mets fans deserve this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you want to talk about a loyal fan base who's been through been through the ringer with with their teams. Mets Mets yeah. fans have certainly had it rough for for quite some time, so uh good good for Mets fans to to see them have a team with with what looks like sustained success and a team that's built to have sustained success into the future.
0: Yeah, cuz I mean the Mets haven't really been competitive since, well, I mean, 2015, you know, when they went to the World Series against the Royals and and lost. So uh, speaking of World Series, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and Carson and say that uh, based on how these two teams are performing and based on their trajectories, this could very possibly be a World Series preview which of course would be a rematch of the 2000 World Series unfortunately won by the Yankees um what do you think well uh could we see these two teams again in October
1: I mean it's very possible they're they're two of the obviously the Yankees are probably right now the best team in baseball and the uh, the Mets aren't aren't that far behind. So this, this could certainly be a world series preview. And I mean, a subway series world series, I think would be fantastic television. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that would definitely be must see TV. Um, Although I have as much as I would, I, I have to admit looking at the sort of the landscapes, you know, the lay of the land in the AL and the NL. I, I don't know. I think it's, I think the Yankees have a – I think the Yankees might have an easier road to get to the World Series out of the NL. I just – I don't know. I think the NL is a little more stacked.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think the – I certainly think that the NL has a little bit of a tougher road as far as getting to the World Series. Uh, A lot of teams are very much still in contention, so – uh we shall we shall see what the future holds for the mets
0: yeah i mean I, I just just looking at the i mean for the yankees to get to the world series i mean the only sort of real challenge i think in the al and i mean obviously you know anything can happen in the playoffs but just on paper it it seems to me the only real challenge to the yankees in the al would be the astros uh which would be no easy task because the Astros seem to have the Yankees number as of late. But man, that, that national league, I mean, the Mets, I don't know, man, they'd have to get past the Dodgers. They'd have to get past the, the Brewers who are having a great year, the Cardinals, the defending champion Braves, and hell, even the padres even, even without Fernando Tatis Jr.
1: Yeah. I mean, this this National League is shaping up to be a very intense, grueling uh, playoff on the NL side of things. There's a lot of good teams that could very well be World Series contenders. Yeah,
0: I think the I think the NL playoffs are going to be a the NL playoffs are going to be a bloodbath. Um, And the AL playoffs. Well, I mean, who knows? We, we might be surprised. Um, I mean, certainly none of the other teams in the NL are in the AL or anything to sneeze at, but, um, oh man, I can't wait for October. Break it on. I'm ready for playoff baseball. I wish the season ended tomorrow. Um, well, no, actually I wish the season, I wish we had the trade deadline and then started the playoffs. Um, that would, that would be one of my first moves as commissioner of baseball, uh, would be to shorten the season. But um or change the calendar of the season, like trade deadline, next day playoff start. Um luckily I'm not commissioned over baseball. Uh <laughs> although I dare say I could do a better job than Rob Manfred. Um anywho, um can can we just Carson, we need to start a petition. We need to get. We need to start a petition to have Adam Silver just run all four of the major pro sports leagues.
1: Um. Yeah, I'd, I'm signing that petition in a heartbeat. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Um. For sure, because Manfred. I don't know, Rob Manfred, worst commissioner in pro sports.
1: He's, he certainly is, I think for me, but, um, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty close. I think f- between him and Goodell for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think Manfred takes the cake. Um, anyways, before we get too far off topic, uh, let's take a break. Let's take our first break. When we come back. Uh, We're going to be talking trade deadline, and boy, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, is there a lot to talk about when it comes to the trade deadline as things continue to heat up uh, as we get closer to Tuesday, including the first major deal uh, has been made and the uh, ramifications of that deal being made. You're listening to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ Carson. We'll be back right after this. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Eighth Inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh Carson, I think we need to pat ourselves on the back a little bit because that was our shortest first segment ever.
1: Yeah, it feels like as as time time keeps going on here. I mean we are in episode 31 now, which is crazy. Crazy, um, yeah. But, but as as time keeps going, we're we're figuring out how to make our points more clear, short, and concise.
0: Although to be fair, this is only your 27th episode yes or 28
1: technically, 28th. For me, technically 28th. For me, this is episode 27 or 28
0: because you you came on board for the fourth episode I think.
1: yes um,
0: was that the one where we had was that was that was the one we had Jordan on right? It was indeed and talked about baseball movies Wow. Oh, man, that seems so long ago, um, and it really wasn't, but it seemed it feels like it. Um, yeah, 31 episodes. Man, that blows my mind. Um, anyone who's any of you who are new to listening to the show, uh, you know, do yourself a favor and, Well, OK. Skip the first three episodes because they're down because they're terrible. They suck um because it was just me well it was just me for the first two and on the third episode i had a couple of guests on and it was an absolute it was just a it was um it was a bit of a train wreck uh it was just kind of all over the place so start if you're gonna go back and if you want to go back and listen to our back catalog of episodes start with episode four one, it was Carson's first episode. Two, we had an awesome guest. And three, we talked about baseball movies. So, um, anyways. So, we're into our middle segment. Uh, unsurprisingly, Carson, we're talking about the trade deadline.
1: In other words, in other news, the sky is blue, everybody. <laughs> um, yes. the This, like I kind of said to kick things off, this has the potential to be the biggest trade deadline uh, in in quite some time, and even in MLB history, so uh, there yeah. will be a lot to talk about between now and Monday.
0: Yeah. So the trade deadline is on Tuesday, which is next Tuesday, August second. Uh. So on today's episode, and on Monday's episode, and probably on next Friday's episode, uh, we're pretty much going to be talking about this this thing nonstop. Uh, because there are, there are big names being floated around in trade rumors. I mean, obviously, Juan Soto probably being the biggest, but uh, that doesn't, I mean, there are other, other big names on the move. And in fact, Carson, one of those dominoes has already fallen, and that is the Yankees acquiring Andrew Benintendi for three minor league players.
1: Yeah, so this was kind of the first the first big deal, I think. Um so the Yankees got Benintendi in exchange for TJ Sikama, Chandler Chaplin Chandler Chaplin, and uh Beck Way, who are all pitchers. My apologies to any of you if I butchered your names. Um taking a quick look at the Royals top prospects, uh the the biggest name coming into this trade for the Royals is TJ Sickema who slots in as their 21st best prospect um, according to MLB.com's prospect rankings. And then uh, Chaplin uh, slots in as the number 30 prospect uh, in the Royals system, which shouldn't be much of a surprise to anybody. They've got quite a stacked uh, prospect pool, but uh, for the Yankees, I think this was, you know, we talked a little bit about this uh, last episode, but I think this is a great move for the Yankees. Um, he easily comes in and replaces Joey Gallo in left field, um, and is instantly an improvement on both sides, uh, in the field and at the plate. I think isn't, he's an improvement on both sides. Uh, AJ, I actually saw a stat today that said that, um, Aaron judge has 38 total home runs right now. And Joey Gallo has 37 total hits, <laughs> which <laughs> is absolutely mind blowing to think about. Wow. Um, But yeah, for for the Yankees, this is absolutely an improvement. Puts Gallo onto the bench. Benintendi's a much better defender as well, which will certainly help things. Um, And from what I've been reading, it sounds like he may be uh, getting the uh, COVID vaccine, which was something I know the Yankees were a little bit hesitant about in terms of this trade. But uh, yeah, for the Royals, they continue their rebuilding project. For the Yankees, they get a very solid outfielder uh, in Andrew Benintendi
0: um before i get into this trade uh somebody needs to put a picture of joey gallo on the side of a milk carton uh because i don't know where the hell joey galley went um but he's absolutely disappeared um no i mean i i think this is a this is a solid deal for both for both sides um the the Royals get the young and up and coming talent that they need as they continue to build back and try to get back into you know championship form. Um, and this is a, I mean, Benintendi is a is a huge upgrade over Joey Gallo, obviously. Um, I mean, especially this year. Um, yeah, no, this is a this is a smart deal. This is a good deal for both sides. I think both sides have made out well in this thing. Um. Yes, I have heard. I've seen. I've heard rumors about Benintendi and the and his vac status. Uh, nothing confirmed yet. And I do believe that I saw something before we started recording that said that Benintendi had come out and said he hasn't made a decision yet, and that they were just rumors. So, something to keep an eye on for sure, because uh, like we talked about. I think it was last episode when we were talking about this. Um, like we talked about if the, you know, when the Yankees go to Toronto for the, you know, for the rest of the regular season, or if they end up playing the blue Jays in the playoffs and have to play games in Toronto, obviously having Ben attendee is preferable to not having been to being able to play in Toronto. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and on a kind of a personal note, this, man, this just fucking stings to see Ben Benintendi go to the Yankees. Um, well, I can only hope that he turns out to be a bust in pinstripes. Uh, right? Yeah. I can <laughs> o- One can only hope. Um, so Ben Benintendi goes to the Yankees. The first domino has fallen as the trade deadline draws closer. Um, but other... There are obviously other names, other players still out in the market. Um, some of the big ones that I've seen, Carson, it sounds like there is a lot of interest not only in Juan Soto from the Nationals, but the Nationals' first baseman, Josh Bell, as well.
1: Yeah. Um, we talked about him, I think, a little bit also on our last episode. Uh, he's yeah, had, so. had a little bit of a breakout year uh, in a year where not a lot of things have gone right uh for this Washington Nationals team. Um Bell's always kind of been known I think as more of a power guy. Uh but this mm-hmm. this year it seems like he's been he's been working a little bit more on just his contact and getting getting balls into the outfield. Um so certainly certainly would be a good bat for any contending team.
0: Yeah, sounds like so yeah, I think he would he could really help somebody out. Um and it sounds like a bunch of teams are kicking the tires on Josh Bell. Uh, so now that the Yankees are officially out of the Juan Soto sweepstakes, which um, it kind of crosses the Yankees off the list of that that list of of teams that were favored, you know, that were in the running. Um, and now Carson, it sounds like the Cardinals are the odds on favorites to land Juan Soto. Uh, thoughts.
1: That is certainly interesting cuz I'd seen I had seen the Cardinals as well as I had also seen the Padres were also rumored to be front runners. Yeah. Um, but again, one of the one of the th- big things I think with the Cardinals is it's going to it's going to be a pretty penny to bring in Juan Soto. It's probably yeah. gonna cost you at least Norman or excuse me, Nolan Gorman and um, Matthew Liberatore, at least yeah. if not more than that, because they're the Nationals are looking for some young major league ready guys, and they're also looking for some young prospects. And it'll probably be some of your top five prospects, and at the very least a couple of top ten prospects in any in any team's prospect pool. So you're probably looking at like a Nolan Gorman, a Matthew Librator maybe even an Ivan Herrera and a Mason win um, that would be sent over to, to the nationals. If, if that, and maybe even more. So um it could be very interesting to see what the, what a potential trade with the Cardinals would look like and what their prospect pool would look like afterwards.
0: So I was, I was actually just uh perusing the, uh, the Twitter feed of one of my favorite baseball columnists, John Heyman. He's a columnist for the New York post. He's been on, he's on MOV network. Sometimes he has a podcast um, and whatnot. Uh, And he says, uh, basically it sounds like the Yankees went for Benintendi because they weren't willing to pay the price. Like Carson was just talking about this. I mean, the The astronomical price that the Nationals want, you know, and rightfully so, for Juan Soto. Uh, but it sounds like the current sort of front runners are the Padres, the Cardinals, the Dodgers. Please, God, no. Uh, and the Texas Rangers, Carson.
1: The what? The who?
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and additionally, the Seattle Mariners are also. Uh, My Seattle Mariners are also sort of in the mix of this thing. Uh, But I'm sorry, the Texas Rangers, the Texas Rangers who are 11 games under 500 and nine games out of a playoff
1: spot. I I mean, what? I mean, no disrespect to the Texas Rangers, but I don't care if you have Juan Soto, a big three of Juan Soto, Marcus Semien, and Corey Seager ain't going to get you too far. This is a team that needs to be focused on building up that prospect pool instead of taking away from it. Because my yeah. goodness, do they have an impressive one. I mean, Jack, Jack Lighter, um, a top 15 pick in last year's draft. They just drafted Kumar Rocker third overall. They've got Josh Jung in their system, Ezekiel Duran. I mean, these are these are some of the guys who would probably be people you would have to trade away. And I think that would be a huge mistake for the Texas Rangers if they were to try and pull the trigger on a Juan Soto deal.
0: Yeah, this is not <laughs> this is not the kind of deal you make when you're when you're struggling and in the midst of a rebuild. Because um, rebuilding, you know, presumably rebuilding means you know developing your prospects into you know uh, the best you can into major league talent. So I, I don't know I don't know what they're thinking down in Texas but um, I don't I don't see the I don't see that happening um, but out of those I don't know man this this Soto of thing just feels like I feel like he could go anywhere and I think it's I think it's just gonna come down to okay you know which one of these teams is willing to part with. I mean, you said it, a, a pretty penny. Um, I honestly, I have no, I have no, I have no bead on this thing. I have no, I feel like it could, I feel like he could basically go to any of these teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously uh, we knew that there was going to be a lot of suitors. Um, and we, we knew, you know, we talked about it when these rumors kind of first we talked, heck, we talked about it before there was even rumors that he was going to get traded. and We said that he might fetch the biggest, um, the biggest trade package in MLB history.
0: Yeah, um, I think we talked about it when the news broke about him turning down that ridiculous contract.
1: Yeah, and we had we had been talking a little bit for for before the season. If if the Nationals did struggle, that um, he would be a guy we'd certainly have to keep an eye on for. Uh, yeah, for the trade market. So if you want true insider knowledge, come listen to the eighth inning stretch. <laughs> we, we get all the scoops. We had this scoop before the season even started. But yeah, yeah, this, this and, is going to be monstrous.
0: And I have to give I got to give credit with Curtis man. You called Benintendi to the Yankees. You called it. Um, I was I was a little I was not quite as convinced because of the whole Vax thing. Uh, but I mean, obviously, clearly the Yankees, uh, clearly Benintendi must have given the Yankees some sort of indication that he's at least, uh, he's at least, you know, he's leaning towards getting the vaccine.
1: Yeah. Cause I had, you know, we had, we had talked about, uh, I had seen some initial reports that had said that that was kind of the big thing that at first they weren't super, they weren't really interested in um, in Benintendi because of that reason that he didn't have the vaccine. Um, but clearly they did something that did something to change their minds and uh, they got some pretty solid prospects back for him. And I mean, I didn't even notice Beckway is actually the best prospect coming out of that trade. He ranks as the 12th best prospect uh, in wow. the in the Royals pool now. So getting a cup, getting a top 15 prospect and then a couple of top 30 prospects from Andrew Benintendi. That's, that's pretty solid work on the Royals end.
0: Yeah, that's a solid return. Um, just to get back to Soto for a minute, Carson, I think it's probably fair to say that I honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to rack my brain. I honestly don't remember a player in, in recent memory, that there was this much, this was there was this much buzz and this much hype over uh, either a trade or free agency.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of hype over this trade, and then we don't have to wait long for the the Aaron Judge sweepstakes to begin. So things are going to get really interesting in the landscape of Major League Baseball in the next few months.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, if any of you out there listening can think of another player in recent memory who has drawn this much buzz and this much attention, uh, either in free agency or, or as part of a trade, um, do, do us a favor and and drop it into our DMs at eighth pod on Twitter, because I, I really, I honestly, I, I can't think of, um, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss, um, so, obviously, Juan Soto's, you know, big name on the market. Uh, Carson, it also sounds like uh, teams, including the Dodgers, are kicking the tires on the Red Sox, J.D. Martinez.
1: Yeah, this was this was one that we were kind of talking about uh, before we started recording. Um, it's a move that I think makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just very confused at which, what direction the Red Sox are going here. If if they're trying to sell, if they're trying to buy, there's been rumors of both. Um, Bloom, uh, Bloom has come out and said that uh, probably Devers and Bogarts won't be moved, which to me, if you're looking at potentially selling J.D. Martinez, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but yeah, J.D. Martinez has been a solid hitter this season once again. 3.63 on base. Um, 471 slugging, 833 OPS. Uh, You know, he is 34 years old, so he is getting a little bit up there in age, but as a, Mm. as a rental designated hitter, potentially, I see no problem. in if for the Dodgers to go after JD Martinez, Uh,
0: I have news for you. Even bloom doesn't know what the hell he's doing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Where's, has to be one of the worst gms in all of baseball right now um even he he doesn't know whether they're buying or selling or whether he's coming or going so uh there's no chance of any of the rest of us figuring it out um let's see what else is going on in the trade deadline uh former red sox and current phillies gm dave dombrowski carson uh Pretty much, just came right out and said it. He said the Phillies are "quote unquote" going for it at the trade deadline, and I say, more power to you, Mister Dombrowski. Uh, also, please consider returning to Boston. Um, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, I mean, why the hell wouldn't they? They're 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 fifty one and forty seven right now. They're only a half game out of playoff spot. Uh, they've clearly turned things around. Since they fired Joe Girardi, I mean, why the hell not? Swing for the fences, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, especially with, um, especially with a certain uh, former Red Sox who I will not mention Ugh. by name. To, to. Yeah,
0: just had to. You had to go there.
1: I mean, I don't. It makes. It feels like you think I enjoy going there, but I really don't like hurting you this way. But let's. Let's just call a spade a spade here. He has been a huge part of their success this season. He has been yeah. absolutely on fire. Let's We got to call a spade a spade here. Um, yes, and as- I'm
0: very happy for him. I'm happy that he's having a great year. I just... I wish he was having this great year in a Red Sox uniform. And the only reason he's not is because Bloom is a freaking idiot. Um anyways I'm sorry carry on
1: <laughs> but um, yeah as far as as far as moves I'd like to see the Phillies make I think they need some more pitching help uh, which I think could be the case for a lot of teams in this kind of trade deadline yeah. Uh on both ends I think they could use maybe another another starter to really kind of help solidify things um, I hate singling him out because I love him for what he did for the twins but uh, Kyle Gibson has been Ben Kyle Gibson and that he can be really good or really bad. Um, And then maybe, maybe a bullpen arm or two uh, just to kind of help settle things down there. There were some early struggles kind of during the Girardi era with the bullpen, but it seems like things have calmed down for the most part. Um, But never hurts to have another bullpen arm. Um, And obviously I don't think they're going to be going after any of these bigger type names on the market. So I would say, you know, probably two guys I would watch for the Phillies would be uh, Tyler Molly of the Cincinnati Reds for the starting pitching and uh, David Robinson. Uh, I believe he is on the Chicago – or David Robertson, excuse me. Um,
0: (laughs) David uh, Robinson. Uh, David
1: Robertson, my apologies, David, uh, of the Chicago Cubs uh, to help out the bullpen. Both, both of them are having some, some pretty solid years. Uh, both, of the, both the Cubs and the Reds look to be teams that are going to very much be willing to sell. Uh, so it should be, should be pretty interesting to kind of see uh, what the Phillies could do. But those are, those are kind of two guys I'd have my eyes on if I were the Philadelphia Phillies.
0: Uh, I think another name you could float as far as a pitcher for the Phillies would be uh, Luis Castillo.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it kind of depends on what the what the Reds are going to be asking for him. Um, mm. obviously the Reds are going to want prospects. They're they're going to want yeah, probably some some top end prospects, which um, for the Phillies would probably mean I would guess probably at the very latest it would have to include at least one top ten prospect, probably a couple in the top fifteen. Um, so I think the Phillies could potentially get away with that, but if they want to look for the cheaper route, I think Mali would be very serviceable as a starter.
0: Yeah. Um, I just, I just really love, I, I just really, I'm a, I've, I've always been a big fan of, of, uh, Dave Dombrowski and I just, I love his, I love his attitude. And Carson, I'll tell you, if I'm in the rest of the national league, I do not, repeat, do not want to see the Phillies get into the playoffs because that is a team that I would not want to face.
1: Um, Absolutely not, especially when, when Bryce Harper gets healthy. I mean, that that might be one of the most lethal lineups in yeah. Major League Baseball. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, they've, they've still got some solid pitching. I mean, Aaron Nola has been, well, he's been Aaron Nola this season. I mean, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Siebel has really turned things around in that bullpen. Um, he had some very early struggles, but he's been able to turn things around. Uh, Brad hand is always a threat, no matter what bullpen he's in, uh, Zach Wheeler yep. in the starters. So they've got, they've got plenty of, they've got plenty of guys who would be, uh, not very fun to go up against That's for sure.
0: Yeah. No, I think the Phillies could really be a nightmare matchup uh, for somebody in the in the NL, in the playoffs. Uh, so sticking with the NL, uh, the Cubs, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ had a little moment in their last game before the trade deadline. Uh, they kind of hugged it out a little bit, uh, which signals to me, Carson, I mean, Contreras is probably very most, very likely on the move. Um, but I think... It sounds, it seems like maybe both of them could be on the move. Cause I mean, let's be honest, the Cubs are, you know, stick a fork in them. This year is, you know, this year is done for them. Um, I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're clearly going to be sellers at the deadline.
1: Yeah, it's man, these poor Cubs fans have just been through the ringer. These past couple seasons, I mean, you watch Anthony Rizzo get dealt away. You watch Chris Bryant get dealt away. You watch Javier Baez get dealt away. Now you're looking at potentially losing Ian Happ and Will Contreras. Um, those Those are a lot of fan favorite guys, and a lot of guys who are solid players. And from everything I've heard about them and read about them, are just class act human beings. Um, but yeah, the, the Cubs are clearly going to be sellers, um, and I mean, it's weird to see that World Series team slowly but surely kind of peel away, and uh, I think with, with Happ and Contreras pretend, looking like they're going to be on their way out, things, things are going to look very different next year for the Chicago Cubs.
0: Yes, the Chicago Cubs front office is taking the Florida Marlins approach: uh, win the World Series and then sell off the team. Um, man, I would be, I would be, I would be so frustrated if I was a Cubs fan. Because um, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, it was twenty sixteen, but it wasn't that long ago. You know, they were on top of the world. They won their, you know, won the first World Series in. You know hundred something years broke their broke their own curse and and now I mean that Cubs team is barely recognizable so I don't know I don't know what in the name of Steve Bartman is going on in Chicago but um, <laughs> sorry Cubs fans I know that one still stinks <laughs> um, uh, you know what you guys should be over it by now because you won the World Series in 2016.
1: Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh,
0: poor Steve Bartman. Um, all right, so the Cubs are clearly sellers, so we're gonna kind of rapid fire this, Carson. Let's play a little buy or sell here. Um, we're gonna run down the list of the sort of the bubble teams, the teams that are, you know, either right that are kind of hanging around in these wild card races in both leagues that you know are still. Technically, some of them are still technically, mathematically in this thing. Um, and let's run down this list and and, uh, and and go buy or sell here. So we'll start in the American League. Uh, Cleveland Guardians, buy or sell?
1: Oh, buy, 100%. You're one and a half games out of the division lead, two games out of a wild card spot. Um, if I'm if I'm the Guardians, I'm 100% buying and gunning for that division title because it's very much up for grabs. Uh, Baltimore Orioles, I say sell. Um, obviously, Ooh, uh, really, yeah. Um, obviously, you know the the team has been is improving. They're over 500 for the first time in what feels like a millennium. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just based on the reports I'm seeing based on the fact that Trey Mancini got a standing ovation and everything today. Um, I I think that they're selling. I think Mancini for sure is going to be playing somewhere else. Come August 3rd.
0: I don't know. That's a, the Orioles are a tricky one. I mean, they're only three games out of a wildcard spot. They're only a game behind Cleveland. I feel like if you're the Orioles Carson, you're playing with house money here. I say, I say go for it at the deadline and and take a swing at this thing.
1: Ah, uh, that would probably be the approach I would take too. But um, at the same time, I think I think the Orioles could be a team that kind of waits until the the uh, the golden the kind of the last possible minute to orchestrate a trade. I think they're going to sit back, see potentially what the trade market ends up looking like. Because for a lot of mm-hmm. for a lot of these teams that might miss out on some of the bigger names, um, they might come calling to Baltimore about Trey Mancini and might,
0: Mancini. might be offering yeah. a little bit That's of true. an
1: overpay uh, for. for yeah. could
0: be. Um. All right, Chicago White Sox. Uh, are the Chai Sox buying or selling?
1: The White Sox, I think, are a little bit more tricky, at least for me. Now you're three and a half games out of the wild card spot, three games out of the division. But for me, I would say sell for the White Sox. Um, I think that there are some pretty, yeah. pretty good assets on that team that you could get some a nice little haul for. Um, and honestly, I think after this year, Tony Larusa is going to be gone unless they make a miraculous comeback and yeah. make the playoffs. So for, for the White Sox, I would say sell.
0: Yeah, I'm going sell for the White Sox as well, uh, including getting Tony La Russa the hell out of town. Um, man, I, I'm I'm really disappointed in the White Sox. I had such high expectations for them this year. Uh, and last but not least, and we already kind of we already kind of touched on them, but uh, my Boston Red Sox and I'm going sell this team is uh, it's 2012 all over again. This team is just. I don't know. This team's just a train wreck and uh they need to they need to reboot, um, including getting a new general manager. Um all right, let's switch over to the National League. Uh the Giants who are three and a half games out of a wild card spot, Carson, are the Giants buying or selling?
1: Now, if you had asked me this about a week ago, I would have said buy with a lot of confidence. However, this team is on a seven-game losing streak right now, uh, mm. and things are things are starting to look a little hairy. I think for the Giants, and with you know, with Philadelphia only a half game out, Miami somehow was five games out. Um, but if yeah. I'm if I'm the Giants, I think right now I still would buy but I say that with a lot less confidence than I would have probably about a week ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going sell for the giants as well. Um, it looked there. It, it did. It honestly, for a while there, it looked like they were going to be right in the thick of things. They were hanging around. They were even hanging around in, in that NL West race. Uh, but now they've kind of gone the other direction. And yeah, I just don't see, I don't see, uh, them buying at the deadline. I don't see how that does them any good. Uh The next team on the list, however, the Miami Marlins, I think, Carsten, is a different story. I'm going buy for the Marlins. I've got Jazz Chisholm Jr. I've got a bunch of young, I've got a young, talented, you know, kind of scrappy team. I'm going buy for the Marlins.
1: I'm going sell. Um, I read something the other day, actually, from your guy, Uh, John Heyman, um, he had put a tweet out that said that the Marlins were listening to everybody not named Sandy Alcantara. Now, does that mean that they were listening to jazz Chisholm jr? God, I hope not. Um, But recently I'd seen some reports of teams kicking the tires around Pablo Lopez, who I've been a big fan of all year. Um, So for, for me, I think the Marlins maybe take advantage of some of these guys while they can, well they've got these really high trade values, and I say sell.
0: Trading Jazz Chisholm Jr. would be huge. I mean, yeah, that would be the biggest that would be the biggest mistake that teams ever made. Uh and that includes the aforementioned dismantling of the ninety seven World Series champions. Um and subsequently the dismantling of the 2003 World Series champions. So yeah, um, the last two sort of bubble teams, and I use that team, I use that term loosely here, are the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are six and a half games out of a out of the last wild card and the Colorado Rockies, who are seven games out of that last wild card Carson, I think these are both no-brainers. I think these are sells.
1: Yep, both of them are sells. Absolutely. Um, Chris Bryant's gonna have to wait another year to see the Rockies piece. Um <laughs> Um, not gonna happen nope, spoiler absolutely alert Absolutely not um but i mean we talked about cj crone a, a little bit in our last episode um i think he's hmm. very much on the move uh diamondbacks i could very easily see maybe a catel Marte being on the move um or maybe some some other kind of role player guys like maybe a josh rojas could be on the move um but hmm. yeah i would say both of these are easy sells
0: yeah yeah i think so um boy poor Chris Bryant uh gets traded from the Cubs to the Rockies where oh,
1: hold on he's, uh, he signed as a free agent with the Rockies he got traded with the oh to the yeah
0: that's right that's right no yeah, we don't we don't have right. to feel
1: bad for him he's getting his money
0: yeah well he chose a page he chose money over being on a competitive team so yeah I guess that's on him um all right let's take our last break when we come back we're gonna dive into the mailbag we've got a couple of uh we got a couple of actually all all of our mailbag questions today are all really good um these are gonna be a lot of fun uh you're listening to the eighth inning stretch with aj and carson and we'll be right back hey everybody welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with aj and carson into our third and final segment and said it's my favorite part of the show. It's time for the mailbag. Uh, let's jump right in. Um, <laughs> by the way, I love this question and I love the username of the person who sent it. Uh, it's tell you what. Um, I, I'm i assuming that's a reference to King of the Hill. Uh, but anyways, I, it's it's great. That's one of my favorite ones I've seen in a while. Uh, and they want to know Carson is the NL West race over.
1: Uh, well in the spirit of King of the Hill, uh, I'll tell you what. Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, yes, it is. Uh, I think, I think it's over. Uh, I think the, the Dodgers have taken, taken a stranglehold on things eight and two in their last 10, uh, 65 and 32. The Padres are 11 and a half games back. Mm. Um, I mean, the, if the Padres do end up acquiring Juan Soto, I think that'll help them make up ground. But, um, I think right now just kind of looking at where we are in the season, looking at the, the lead that they have, I think it's over.
0: Yeah. As much as it pains me, I have to agree. Um, man, I can't help but wonder, I can't help but think that this division would have shaken out differently had the Padres been healthy all year. Um, you know, obviously, with the with the absence of Fernando Tatis Jr. and injuries to in the pitching, and uh, but I gotta say, I gotta give the Padres props for hanging as close as they did for as long as they did, especially without their superstar shortstop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the the Padres were very much in the thick of things, um, and it looked like it was going to be potentially at points during the season. It was going to be a three team race with the Dodgers the Padres and the Giants, but, um, but the, the Dodgers have kind of started to run away with this thing here a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, But fear not Padres fans, because uh, you are still very much in the, in the playoff picture uh, in the, in the wild card. So, um, you know, the season is definitely not a loss, but yeah, I mean, 11 and a half game, the Dodgers are 11 and a half games up. Where you know, where you know, two thirds or so of the way through the season, and the the math, the math just doesn't, the math just doesn't favor the Padres in this situation. Um, but like I said, your Padres are still, you know, they're most likely going to make the playoffs. Uh, it sounds like Fernando Tizzi Jr. is steadily working his way back. Um, the bad news is you might have to play the defending world series champs in the first round of the playoffs, but you know, Hey, cross that bridge when you get to it. Right. Uh, all right. Next up in the mailbag, uh, at Cody Clawson asks, what is your one bold trade line prediction? Uh, Carson, I'll let you go first. Cause I have a shocker that I want to drop on these people.
1: Oh goodness. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know this. I don't know if um, this is necessarily going to be as bold of a prediction as uh, Cody is hoping for here. Um, but I'm gonna make a, the prediction that Josh Bell will be the only national that gets traded at the trade deadline.
0: Ooh, I like um, it.
1: Um, and I think I think this because I think this price for Soto is just gonna be way too way too much for any team to want to pay mm-hmm. i mean it's it's gonna be at least a couple of top five prospects at least probably two young major leaguers um and i think slowly but surely as time goes on either the nationals are gonna have to decrease that price or nobody's gonna bite
0: yeah um uh, yeah i don't think that's i don't think that's crazy um I don't think it's crazy at all to think that Juan Soto won't get dealt, but uh, I guess my my question to you about that is, hypothetically speaking, okay, Juan Soto, trade deadline comes and goes. Juan Soto does not get dealt anywhere uh, because, you know, a combination of teams not willing to pay the astronomical price and the Nats not willing to, you know, uh sort of lighten up on their demands here. Um and then Juan Soto becomes a free agent. I mean, if Juan Soto gets the free agent market, is somebody gonna be willing to pay probably somewhere in the neighborhood of because let's remember he turned down a 440 million dollar contract. That means if he gets the free agent market Carson, he's gonna be looking at like uh he's gonna be looking at what, four hundred and seventy five, five hundred million?
1: Yeah, it would be that'd probably be one of the biggest contracts in baseball, and that would certainly be interesting to watch and see who signs first between Judge or Soto. Um but let's not forget too, he does have two years of arbitration yet, and then he becomes mm. an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty five. Um so he does he does have a couple of years before he's a fully unrestricted free agent. But, um, boy, if he doesn't get dealt, I think those arbitration hearings might get a little awkward next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's going to – yes, that is going to make for a very awkward conversation um, between, between him and the Nationals, for sure. Um, okay. My <laughs> – I hope you're all sitting down. My bold trade deadline prediction for 2022, Carson. Uh, the Angels are going to trade Shohei Otani.
1: Oh, you know, I was thinking about saying that, too. I love it. I love it.
0: Um, Because apparently, from what I've been hearing, it sounds like the Angels are are listening to prospective offers on everyone other than Mike Trout. So, to me, that says there's a chance, albeit a, a slim one, that Shohei Otani uh, does get dealt before the at the trade deadline. Um, as to, you know, where he ends up, I mean, honestly, who knows? I could see him going, you know, well, it's going to be, it would be, I mean, to be fair, it would be tricky for any team trying to make a deal for Otani because uh while I don't think the Angels are gonna look for a uh a one soto sized return here, I mean clearly the price would be steep.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um if I if I had to pick a team, honestly, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a dark horse here. We've talked about him a lot already. I'm picking the Mets.
0: Yeah. I can see that, and uh, and let's not let's not forget Otani's. He's a two way. He's a two way superstar here. This guy can play DH and he can pitch. You know, and you can slot him into your rotation. That makes him. You know, that makes him one of the most valuable players, if not the most valuable player in all of baseball. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, you could be looking at a team that needs pitching help. Well. Hell, we can get this guy who can pitch for us once every five days. And when he's not pitching, we can slot him in as a DH. And I mean, he's got a, Otani has a hell of a, he's got a, he has a hell of a bat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen how successful he is on his own. But thinking, thinking of the Mets has got me dreaming like, AJ, can you imagine a rotation that consists of Jacob DeGrom? Max Scherzer and Shohei Ohtani. Are you kidding me? Like, game over. Game uh, over. Game yeah. over. Commissioner's Trophy. Game yeah. over.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say, if that deal goes down and the Mets get Shohei Ohtani, yeah, that's it. The World Series is is done and dusted. Don't even don't even bother playing the playoffs. Don't play the World Series. Just give the Mets the trophy. Wow, that rotation would be. <laughs> that would be fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly the the odds of Otani getting dealt are you know pretty slim. But if I had to make one bold prediction for the trade line, that would be it. Uh, and last but not least, in our mailbag today, Carson uh, at shoot with authority. This this one's a little bit of a this this um, this one's a little different than what we usually get. Um, but I like it. Uh, what's your favorite sport? Other than baseball, obviously.
1: Yes, I know exactly where this one's coming from, um, uh, from from my good good friend Jennifer, who I've done a couple of uh, of ho- hockey podcast appearances with. Oh, cool! Um, nice. So I think she already knows. I think AJ also already knows. And if you guys have been listening to this show with any regularity, you know that I'm a big hockey guy um other than obviously other than baseball um you know being from the minnesota we are the state of hockey here so uh i'm very much a part of that love the wild love college hockey um i just i love me some some good hockey and i will stand on this hill that the stanley cup playoffs are the best playoffs in sports
0: yes the stanley cup playoffs are the best playoffs in sports sorry baseball um I love the World Series, but nothing beats the uh the tradition and the intensity of of the uh of the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup final. Uh yeah, I mean I'm with Carson in this camp. Um although I would probably put hockey and football two and two A for me. Uh because they do love me some football. Um but uh Oh man, if I'm, if I'm being forced to choose, I'm going, I'm going to go hockey, but I I do also love me some football. And then to be honest, uh, basketball is kind of a, you know, kind of a distant fourth. Um, I'm a really, you know, don't really follow basketball very closely. So um, anyways, awesome questions from the mailbag as always. Uh, be sure and send your mailbag questions uh, to us on Twitter at 8 Um and they could very well get read on an upcoming episode. Uh, all right, Carson, let's talk about our must-watch games. Uh, I'm guessing you have a tank series of the episode for us.
1: I do indeed have a tankathon thon series. Um, we talked about them a little bit because... Um... They were apparently rumored to be trading for for Juan Soto, uh, but we're going to the Texas Rangers, and the LA Angels have a series going Hang on uh, this week, which um, obviously Shohei Otani adds to that series, but um, outside of that, it's just kind of a bunch of meh. So... If you want to watch Shohei Otani continue to improve his trade value and hopefully play his final few games as an angel <laughs> um, and of course if you like bad baseball go watch the Rangers and Angels
0: yeah you know that is a that is a pretty bad that is that is a pretty lousy matchup but there are some really good players I mean you mentioned Otani you got Mike trout uh Corey Seeger so I mean yeah that's uh, that might actually be worth watching. Um sorry are you gonna say something
1: well in in that case we'll we won't call it the uh the tankathon series this week. It'll be the trade fodder series there you, go. Of there the you episode.
0: go nice uh I mean, it is still kind of a tankathon both those teams are pretty terrible so <laughs> um yeah i have got a couple of must watch games on my on my watch list uh the first and foremost being a a rematch between the mariners and the astros this time in houston um the astros kind of put a little bit of a beating on them beating on them in the in their their most recent series in seattle so uh watching to see if the mariners can can get a little revenge there and then my other one, well, a bit of a surprise but uh I'm going the Mets and the Marlins because I mean, the Mets are the Mets and are playing, you know, having an outstanding season, but man, that Marlins team with jazz Chisholm is so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah, that's certainly of going to be a very interesting series, I think for sure. Um, and then another, another one on my end that um, I will certainly have my eyes on, um, you know, obviously for, maybe a little bit more selfish reasons, but, uh, the twins and the Padres race, uh, mm, start, that is start a good one, series, which I'm personally very nervous about. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean, I think we need the twins need to get, uh, to get at least a game or two out of this series, because this division is going to get tight and it already is very tight. And, um, you know we've got we've got some series that kind of concern me the coming up, so I'd like to see us just build a little bit more of a gap uh, before we head into a little bit of a rough stretch in the schedule.
0: Yeah, that um, man, that AL Central, uh, that is that is by far the closest division race in baseball this year, which is I'm telling you, dude, insane. it's the, it's, the,
1: it's the it's the NFC East of divisions this year. It's not good. <laughs>
0: No, but I mean, it's been entertaining for sure. Well, entertaining okay. for
1: you, maybe you I was going to say maybe me.
0: maybe entertaining for an outsider, but probably not so much for a fan of any of those teams. Nope. Um I I would just like to go on record as saying that Carson, when we did our preseason predictions, did I or did I not say to keep an eye on the team formerly known as the Indians.
1: You did indeed. Um, Looking back on those preseason predictions, I also had the White Sox finishing first in this division. So
0: yeah, um,
1: twins are kind of making me eat my words a little bit here, but I love it.
0: I I don't remember. Did I, I honestly don't remember who I picked to win that division. It might've been the White Sox.
1: I believe you picked the twins.
0: I think I'm. Yeah, I think you're right because that was uh, uh, right after they had landed Carlos Correa. Um, But I did also, I did also say, never count out that Cleveland team as long as you got, as long as they have Terry Francona at the helm. Um, Anyways, I just wanted to have a moment of smug self satisfaction there, (laughs) Um, and also uh, heads up, rest of the American League. If the Guardians get into the playoffs and you match up with them in that first round, uh I don't envy you. Um cuz we've seen we've seen that movie before from Terry Francona. Um Terry's great. He is. He's he's probably he's one of my favorite managers of all time and uh I mean, granted, I'm a, I'm Admittedly, I'm a bit biased because of all the years he spent in Boston and and helped lead that team to two, you know, two championships, including, you know, the historic two thousand four, you know, yada yada. But um yeah, Francona's Tito Francona is just a great guy and a hell of a manager. Um and it'll be a sad day when he finally hangs it up and calls it a career uh okay let's let's move into our parting thoughts um carson why don't you get us started
1: um yeah to start to start parting thoughts off uh just want to give a quick shout out to mike trout uh sounds like he has been diagnosed with a very rare back condition mm. um so uh obviously hope that he can uh he can overcome that and continue what has been an absolutely marvelous career but just a uh, shout out to mike trout for for going through that. Um, and then with, with the trade deadline approaching, I do want to kind of give a little bit of a somber parting thoughts in terms of the trade deadline. Uh, obviously I'm very excited. And obviously, uh, the trade deadline is a very exciting time as players get moved, uh, and things like that. But, um, let's just remember, you know, with, with players being moved, it also is a lot behind the scenes. Um, for a lot of these guys it requires potentially moving away from their families or relocating their families um so before we kind of celebrate too much about a guy potentially maybe getting traded away from your team that wasn't doing so well or uh, getting a nice return for 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 a player if your team is rebuilding let's let's just remember that this is gonna this is still a hard time for these guys and um they have to do a lot of moving behind the scenes when when they get traded so let's just kind of keep that in perspective as trades kind of start to come in here
0: yeah, well said man um i too am and talking about the trade deadline, but in a little uh in a little bit of different uh so i mean obviously the trade deadline it's is kind of one of the it's one of the milestones of the baseball season it's another you know it's another kind of step along the way of the you know, the journey that starts way back in February, uh, with spring training. Well, okay, it was a little different this year, granted, but normally spring, you know, this is a journey that starts back in like February, March with Spring Training. So uh, you know, the trade deadline landing kind of marks it marks uh it marks a milestone in the baseball season. And now the calendar is uh you know about to flip to August and the stretch run is underway, um, and this so. Carson's favorite part of the of the baseball season is trade deadline. My favorite part of the baseball season is playoffs. So when these you know, when we get into this stretch run, we get into August, September. The division races are are well. Let's be honest. This year, the division races, except for maybe the AL Central, are pretty much all but settled. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, that said, I mean, the division races are pretty much already settled, barring any, you know, miraculous comebacks or collapses or anything like that, which, you know, I guess could happen. We've seen it before. But these wild card races, these wild card races in both leagues are going to come right down to the wire. Um, I would not be it I would not at all be surprised to see some of these wild card races come down to, you know well, here's hoping. Some wild card these wild card races for the, you know, for those third and file wild third and final wild card spots come right down to, you know, the last couple of days, maybe even the last day of the regular season. Um and and this is just you know they're gonna come right down to the wire and this is this is a fun time of year to be a baseball fan, you know. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's always fun to be a baseball fan, but this is the best time of the year to be a baseball fan. Uh, and in the immortal words of Han Solo, Carson, here's where the fun begins.
1: <laughs> I love the I love the Han Solo reference. Yeah, this is this is an an exciting time all around for, for baseball fans and man, oh man, are we heading into what looks like it's going to be potentially one of the craziest playoffs we've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I know you're, I know you're a little bit more of a baseball, you know, traditionalist than I am and you're not, I know you're not crazy about, um, you know, I know you're not crazy about the, you know the added wild card games and 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 the the wild card round being three game you know being a three game series instead of one game and whatnot. But goddamn man, I gotta say, with the with the added with the third wild card spot added in that first round of these you know these these three game series, man, I'm telling you, I have a these this year's playoffs are gonna be they're gonna be. Be, they're going to be wild they're going to be intense and they're going to be so much fun to watch
1: yeah absolutely it's it should be should be a fun one um it's odd that i'm the baseball traditionalist out of the two of us considering i'm the <laughs> younger one uh, but
0: yeah go figure
1: but hey i guess i guess that's just kind of sometimes what happens but i mean i traditional- am
0: i'm a i'm a baseball traditionalist in in some in some aspects but um i mean i've been and, I, and this is, you know, probably another rant for another time, but I've been, I've been saying for years that, uh, the baseball playoffs need to be expanded, you know, by another team. There needs to be another wild card spot. Um, and that the wild card should be more than just, you know, more than just one game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait for October. Um, Yeah, it's going to be, well, it's going to be fun to watch for a lot of us. It's going to be, but it's always stressful to watch your team in the playoffs. So, Um, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, these playoff teams will, you know, a lot of these teams that are in the mix for the playoffs will uh, go out and make themselves better at the trade deadline. Um, I think we're going to see some, I think we're going to see some, some, we're going to see craziness next Tuesday. We're going to see a lot of moves. We're going to see a lot of big names moving and a lot of um, I also think we're going to see a lot of underrated, you know, sort of kind of off sort of kind of sort of off the radar guys moving, too. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Buckle up, everybody. This is this is going to be this is going to be a good trade deadline. So just sit back and enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and obviously we'll have you, we'll have you, we'll have you covered for all the craziness of the trade deadline. Uh, so, uh, on Monday's episode, man, Monday's episode is going to be nuts because we're going to be, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be no shortage of rumors flying around. The rumor mill is going to be, at, uh, running full blast on Monday, um, So, we'll have all that for you. And then, obviously, uh, a week from today on next Friday's episode, we'll be breaking everything down all the moves, all the moves that got made, all the moves that didn't get made, uh, and all that other fun stuff. Uh, So, if you're looking for more from us, uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform at anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. You can follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod. You can support us on Patreon, if you're so inclined, at patreon.com slash eighth-inning-stretch. And, of course, uh, do us a favor and support our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. Uh, you can find them at printerdudes.etsy.com. Uh, dudes is spelled D-O-O-D-S. Um for their wide range of awesome 3d printed gifts and collectibles. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code home run. That's one word to save 10% off your order. And I think that's it, Carson. I think that's all we got.
1: I believe so. So long, everybody we will talk to you on Monday and, uh, Hopefully we'll have some some big trades to break down, but I've got a feeling that they might not they won't happen until after we record because that's just the way that the baseball news cycle works.
0: Yeah, I think um, a lot of the a lot of stuff goes down in those last couple hours before the end of the before the deadline actually hits. So, um, but have no fear, we'll have plenty to talk about on Monday as uh as the rumors continue to fly and then like i said we'll have you covered on on next friday's episode a week from today talking about uh how everything went down and how it's going to affect every uh the rest of the season um yeah so uh everybody everybody have a uh everyone have an awesome weekend and we'll talk to you guys on monday